So uh, from here on out, I will be recording the EchoCast podcast, and then we will play some games. Probably Division, but we'll see. Welcome to the EchoCast episode 118. We're going to call this one Skyscrapers in Flight. Afternoon Delight? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> this is a podcast about the Division 2, its community, news, speculation, and updates. I am Bond Diesel. I do Division stuff such as this podcast, Twitch streams when I'm able, and YouTube videos supposedly about the Division 2, its community, and such. Please take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast on whatever platform you listen to it on as it helps the show get noticed and shared. This episode, we will have a state of the game recap, Division 2 news and speculation, community topics, some listener questions, and content updates. I want to thank this month's Patreon supporters, Hassan, Christian, Darren, Tim, and PK. If you would like to support this podcast and my other content, please check out patreon.com slash bonddiesel. I am willing to do some type of promotion for new and existing patrons. If you have any ideas, let me know. I am all ears. Okay, let's jump right into the state of the game recap. This week we had Hamish, Yannick, and Johan talking about various updates with the game, including a new appearance mod system for title update 11. So they talked about um, a unplanned maintenance that came up last week or this week, whenever you're listening to this, uh, to handle some issues with the game. They spoke specifically on the blue screen issue that PS4 users have been having. Um, it sounds like they expect that that's like mostly fixed, uh, but not entirely. My understanding of that error is that essentially the OG PS4s um, and maybe Xboxes, I haven't really heard as many issues, but I'm sure they're there. Um, just kind of can't handle the game anymore. Um, so they're probably working on stuff to lower assets, uh, potentially for the OG systems, um, so that the game doesn't crap out on them. Oh, Division 3, please be next-gen exclusive. I'm sure you will be, uh, if you even exist. Uh, they did give a schedule for stay of the game, uh, showing that they will talk about the new appearance mod system in this current episode, uh, rainbow loot balancing on the 26th of August. And finally the skyscraper mode and new gear on September 2nd. Uh, they also put in there that they'll be discussing the PTS on September 2nd as well. Uh, the rest of the show is mostly them doing a fairly simple deep dive into the appearance mod system, which is essentially a transmog system, if you've ever seen that in other games. Uh, games like uh, Assassin's Creed, uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, um, a few other games. Uh, it, it's really common in this genre to be able to do this. And what it essentially is, is that you can apply or wear gear on your character to get the resulting stats and buffs and stuff that you want. 
But what it also means is that you can modify the gear to look like other gear uh, just for purely aesthetic reasons. Um, they did clarify this is only going to apply for gear and not for guns. Um, they did say that gear dies will work on the transmogged gear. So if you take your chest piece from looking like a Araldi piece to looking like a bulwark piece, because it will work with gear sets, um, you can still uh, dye it if you have the dyes that you want. Um, and that it will save um, on like a per item basis uh, because it essentially works like saving a die to a piece of individual gear. Um, it is per item. So it sounds like when you, if you have a specific piece and you change it to look like something else, uh, it's not going to make every piece in that slot you put in look like that. You'll have to change it per piece. Um, there is going to be a system of like a bank of these appearance mods. And it sounds like it kind of works like the, um, the attribute, uh, library that we currently have for guns and gear where uh, when you collect an item that has a unique uh, appearance variant uh, it will save that to the bank and even if you delete that piece it'll still be in there uh, it's not retroactive so uh, when title update 11 drops you'll immediately have access to the appearance mods of all the gear that you currently have including gear sets but excluding exotics um, and as you, you know, you'll have to, if there's gear variants that you want to put on your character, um, from an appearance mod perspective, you'll need to find that gear or buy it from a vendor and then just delete it. So, uh, I've actually already started kind of buying pieces that I know I'm probably going to want to make it, uh, look, uh, that way. And then I'll just delete them once title update 11 comes. Um, Okay, so then that was about it. So they didn't really have a ton. Um, the first commentary I'll give is um, it. it's really frustrating, and I genuinely feel bad for the devs um, a lot on these things because especially the comm devs, um, like Hamish and Yannick and Johan, they uh, you know they don't design the game. They they don't make the decisions on what's prioritized. Um, they're literally the messengers, and so um, I, especially Yannick and Hamish, but even Johan. I mean, he's been around as long as anybody. I just can't imagine how frustrating it must still be to like work on this game, um, especially from their perspective, but just in general, because. Um, you know, like, like just a minute, you know, just a few minutes before I started the, uh, the stream and the recording this podcast, um, you know, uh, I am Pwnstar made, uh, a funny, uh, but also true post on Twitter saying, you know, player base, uh, gear isn't worth my time. You know, gear drops too low. It's, it's, it, it doesn't, you know, the, the, the drops and the, the, the rolls suck, uh, so then the, the, the devs buff the gear drops and loot. And now it's, I have everything maxed out. Now I'm bored. <laughs> um, I mean, it feels like for all the faults that this game has had, um, you know, that this game hasn't been perfect. The communication hasn't been perfect. The comm dev side hasn't been perfect. Uh, in fact, we still are dealing with the situation, which I just don't really expect to ever get fully resolved with people 
maybe abusing some mechanics with their raid and stuff like that. Um, like that kind of stuff. It, it just doesn't, you know, sometimes, you know, it's not perfect. They're not perfect. Right. But I still think that there, um, there, there is some kind of thanklessness or whatever you would want to call it, um, with this game and that, uh, this game is a good game. It's a very good game. I think for the average consumer, the division two offers at least on the low end, 200 hours of gameplay. Uh, and on the high end, um, you know, much more than that, that we, um, I just don't think people fully appreciate, uh, you know, I'd say two to 500 hours for most people. And I think for, you know, I remember when fallout three and new Vegas came out and the idea of playing the game for a hundred hours just blew my freaking mind, especially, um, a game like that. Uh, so now, you know, I think we're a bit spoiled. So it was kind of rough seeing them get really frustrated at times. They had some technical difficulties during this show as well. That absolutely I'm sure didn't help. Um, but I don't know. I feel for them. They're just trying to do their jobs. They're trying to do as good as they can, um, even if it's not perfect. Uh, and I, I kind of wish they caught, uh, you know, they, they didn't catch as much crap as they do. Anyways, um, I think the short roadmap they gave for the state of the game topics um, is a good start for what everyone kind of wants. Um, I have a very slight feeling that um, the long-term roadmap for this game is maybe somewhat uh, fluid. And so I sometimes kind of wonder if they even could give us like a year or two years out um, of, of a roadmap for this game, because I, I just wonder how much is set in stone. Maybe there's a plan dead set and they know exactly what they're going to do. I find that hard to believe just because with the COVID situation and a lot of the, um, the kind of what happened with Breakpoint, with how Ubisoft, I think kind of put the brakes on a lot of content for all of their games, especially division two and Breakpoint, Um, and then, you know, just, uh, simply having to fix stuff in the game rather than being able to work on new stuff. We saw that happen with division one as well. So even this tiny little word map they gave us for state of the game, uh, is somewhat satisfying. Um, the September 2nd date for discussion about the new skyscraper mode and the PTS, um, likely means at least in my opinion and experience that we'll have a PTS the first couple of weeks of September. Um, and that will probably see title update 11 by the end of the month. Um, this, this is just a friendly reminder that, um, you know, the, the PTS isn't a beta that they aren't looking to put the PTS out and then make gigantic changes um, to the, to the game. It's every time the PTS happens, they put it out and someone comes up with some idea that would take a year to implement. And then that idea doesn't get implemented because it's not what the PTS is for. And they, and then people cry and scream and yell that they aren't being listened to. So, uh, just a friendly reminder from your, your neighborhood bond diesel that, um, this the the PTS is basically a demo of what title update 11 is going to be. Obviously, if there's any giant bugs that they can fix in a week or two, they'll do it. Um, but I think people have always misconstrued the PTS as being like a beta or, or some type of um, some type of place for them to like, you know, take ideas on the game that 
that they should magically put in in like one or two weeks, which doesn't happen with this game. It's just not it's not the game way games work. Uh, so please see this as more of a, a demo of what's coming, uh, and less so a, a chance to change everything. I will say, um, I personally hope that the skyscraper mode actually is not in the PTS, um, especially since the PTS is PC exclusive, because the way that that works out is that if they put the skyscraper beta or the skyscraper DLC or whatever it's going to be into the PTS, it's a PVE mode. So you know, that, that there's no, there's nothing to test like competitively, quote unquote. So I understand the idea of maybe trying to get some bug testing and stuff like that. Um, I, I just think it's, it'll just be used by streamers and content creators to spoil. <laughs> uh, I assume there'll be some lore or story. Um, I just don't see any reason to put the skyscraper mode into the PTS. Uh, it's only going to make people mad, <laughs> especially console players who, you know, can't even get the early access. Uh, cause that's essentially how it would feel. Um, supposedly the skyscraper mode has a hundred floors and every 10 floors, you will have like a checkpoint. So maybe if the PTS has like floors one through 10 and that's all you can do, they cut it off after that. Um, maybe that would be okay if they really do want to test it but we'll, uh, but we'll see. Um, I am kind of curious. The appearance mod system, in my opinion, is awesome because I think this game is entering kind of a, uh, play it because you like it, uh, stage. Obviously we have the skyscraper, uh, DLC or whatever it's called coming. Um, they, say that there's more content coming than that. So I don't really know what that means. None of us really do. Um, I see in chat that maybe there'll be, um, some files and this PTS that would clue us into what's next. I hope not. Even though I kind of hope so, because honestly, those leaks from the last PTS kind of kept me going, kind of kept me excited about stuff. Um, I, I just think this game, even with the skyscraper DLC, which I hope is really cool and awesome and super fun and replayable. I think this game is hitting kind of a, uh, a point of, of playing it because you like it, because you like the way the game feels or the, the world, or you like just jumping in and killing some stuff and division one and the last two years of the game. I honestly mostly just jumped in, ran world bosses, and after 1.8 came out, uh, I ran underground. Uh, three, what was it? The three, uh, not directives, basically the three part underground on hard level with a balanced tactician build was just so fun, mostly because I got to fight hunters, which is something I've been striving for uh, in this game in Division 2 ever since it came out, um, because I don't feel like collecting eyeballs and turning lion statues uh, to fight a hunter who's just going to disappear. But I digress. So this appearance mod system, I think, is really cool for this stage in the game where you just want to make your operator look really cool. Um, I posted on Twitter that uh, I hope that maybe now I can actually make my agent look like what I think these agents would actually want to look like. Um, you know, maybe I'm a bit too hopeful, but uh, I even posted a picture of my uh, Escape from Tarkov PMC and hoping I can kind of make them look like that. 
the um I saw some people mentioning that they think that there's going to be a problem with the, this appearance mod system with the PVP. Um, I I am aware that there are people who you know there is an ability to like see what people are wearing and get a decent idea of what they're running. Even though I suspect that at this point, it's a it's a guess between about one, two, or maybe three things of what people are doing in PVP at this point. Um, so I am kind of curious to if they're expecting people to just go off of like UI elements or, or even inspecting characters after they kill you to be able to figure out what they're actually wearing. Um, exotics aren't part of the appearance mod system. So uh, I guess you can see if people are wearing those things, even though I don't really think that's um, a big part of what's going on because gear sets, you can either have non gear set gear look like gear sets or vice versa. So, um, I'm also maybe wondering if maybe they just didn't mention that maybe this appearance mod system doesn't work in the DZ or in conflict. Um, I'm not sure. And I, I've seen some people mention it. Um, but I think, uh, just where the PVP population is at in this game at this point, which honestly, I'm surprised it's not zero. Um, I, I, I don't know if it's really that big of a deal. And I think it's maybe just another sign of it not really being that big of a deal uh, from a development perspective, uh, because um, if there was like a giant PVP population at this point, I suspect the change like this would be um, troublesome. Uh, but we'll see, especially once it actually comes out what the reaction is. Okay, I'm gonna gauge your reaction to this 30 second mid roll. And we'll go from there. Okay, so um, Division 2 topics, uh, community topics, listener questions, and then some content updates. Then we will wrap this baby up. Um, the, the main topic I have or I wanted to talk about was the appearance mod reaction. It was really interesting paying attention to, um, to Twitter and the subreddit and some other places because... Um, I understand not everyone pays attention to this game every day, day in and day out knows everything that's going on. Um, but I saw a lot of reaction of people basically being like, Oh, title of day 11 is just appearance mods. Whoop de doo. You know, um, it's like, I mean, one, it's a pretty big system to implement. And two, it's obviously not the focus of TU 11. Um, so I have to imagine that people feeling that way are either, not paying that close of attention, which is fine. I get it to a point, but maybe take a peek and realize there's more coming. Um, or, uh, they're just being toxic. And, and unfortunately, uh, in this community, sometimes I feel like, uh, sometimes the latter is just as likely as the former. Um, but that's just my, my positive toxicity opinion as I've, uh, had it described before. Uh, but it really does ignore uh, the skyscraper mode, which it's the first mode that they're introducing to this game for all th for all intents and purposes. Uh, if you think about it, they um, we don't talk about Kenley College as if it actually exists. OK, let's just all come to that conclusion. That's me getting real close to the mic and whispering directly to your ear hole. Um, but it really is. I mean, it's with division one, you know, we didn't get any new story missions after the game released. Essentially we had some, uh, uh, 
uh, incursions, but eh, whatever, you know, right. Um, and then things that like unlock other stuff, like the underground had like an intro mission. And I think the West side piers had an intro mission as well. Um, but, but we basically didn't get more story, but what we got was three new modes in the first year and then nothing after that. Um, if you want to count resistance, that's on you. <laughs> I don't, uh, I also didn't like resistance. So maybe I'm biased, but, um, with division two, what we've gotten instead is a lot more story. I'm not going to necessarily say it's the best story or the best content in the world, but it exists where it didn't in division one. Um, it seems like at the expense or cost of getting uh, modes and replayable content modes like we did in the first game. Um, I I don't know what this necessarily means, the skyscraper mode. Um, there's been a lot of people kind of speculating that it's the new underground or, or even resistance. I've seen people speculate and they've been pretty adamant that it's a different thing, that it's something new. So I, I've been akin to believing it's going to be underground 2.0, um, but it kind of seems like they're trying to get away from that idea. So I kind of, at this point, don't know what the hell it is. Um, I still think it's going to be kind of like an underground slash resistance thing where um, not resistance in the sense that it's like an endless uh, mode, but in the sense that, you know, every floor you go up in this skyscraper is going to be um, something different or new. Um, I really hope that every time you jump into a session of skyscraper, it's going to be a little different each time because, you know, say you can consistently knock out the first 30 floors pretty quickly or, or, or you know what you're doing. I hope that every time you play it, it's not the same 30 floors, right? Um, but making content that, uh, I understand that making content that's different every time is really hard. So we'll have to kind of see what that means. Um, but I really think that there's a lot of stuff um, just being ignored by the whole reaction I've seen to people uh, about the appearance mod system and, and thinking that like that's the only thing that Massive has been working on for the last six months, you know, since Warlords of New York came out. I personally didn't expect... Uh, anything honestly i didn't think skyscraper mode was coming until next march that was my guess um after it got leaked so i i'm pleasantly surprised that we're getting a we're getting the mode this soon anyways um which makes me somewhat excited for what could be coming after that because i honestly kind of thought skyscraper mode would be like the the final like this is the last bit of content now we are um now we're getting uh, something a lot earlier than I expected, which hopefully means there's more coming beyond just the manhunts and leagues and seasons and stuff. So we'll see. I, I just, I'm excited about it. I think it's cool. I think the appearance mod system is great for this uh, point in the game. Um, and I'm excited to make my agent actually look kind of cool in my opinion. So yeah. Uh, with some community topics I spotted in the last couple of weeks, um, a really good one that I really liked on the, the subreddit was talking about, uh, there was an article that came out uh, with Cyberpunk and how they plan on keeping Cyberpunk from becoming, uh, from the enemies becoming really spongy uh, as you go up in levels because um, that game is going to have a lot of RPG elements and um, 
I'm curious too if it's gonna straight up have like level gated content and stuff like that. We'll we'll have to see. Um, but from reading, kind of scanning through the article, it basically seems like they're, you know, they're gonna try to hit that that elusive balance of like increasing player power and uh, enemy power equally. And what was really interesting, um, this was posted on the Division Two subreddit as kind of a comparison. And what was interesting is I felt like a lot of people made some pretty good points um, in that with Division 2, time to kill isn't, if you have a good build, if you have like a a build that is up to the content you're trying to do, most of the enemies, especially the non-elite enemies, die in a relatively good time to kill if you hit shots, right? But there's definitely a few archetypes that like stand way out. and And when you have things like like with the big black tusk chungus, you know, you've got the mechanic where you can pop his, um, the, 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 uh, the ammo chain going to his Gatling gun. And then he, it gives you a lot of time to, to put damage on them, but there's little bugs and mechanics in there where say you break his chain, but then you stagger him. It skips the animation to fix his chain. And he's on, he's instantly shooting again. So there's things like that, but really what I found interesting about that post was that most of the people were saying that in division two, it's not so much the sponginess of the enemies that, um, that is a big problem because it's not that big of an issue, but it's more the insane amount of damage they can put out. Even if it's a red bar blind firing in a legendary mission, say where they can just melt you and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, and it's almost by chance whether or not you, you know, get one tapped by them. So I really, um, I, I encourage people now, obviously there was kind of the expected, uh, responses in that post as well, but I really found a lot of the posts to be really insightful. I've only done, I think one of the legendary missions. I haven't really dove into that really challenging content, which apparently to a lot of people, uh, they don't think is that challenging at this point. But um, I found that post actually pretty insightful. It's I, I complain every podcast that I go to the subreddit and I look at the top posts for the last two weeks or whatever. And it's always just like if I look at 100 posts, 96 of them are humor or screenshots, uh, which is fine. You know, I, I, I don't have a problem with that necessarily. But <laughs> when you're looking to uh, have some interesting discussions about what's going on in the game, um, it, it makes it kind of hard and it's a little disheartening to realize like it's mostly memes at this point, but that's fine. Um, there was another post that I just personally agreed with, um, talking about there needing to be some type of apparel event where you can collect the rogue outfits, um, instead of the stuff we've been getting. I really thought that this last apparel event was going to be that cause it was a, uh, what Phoenix down or whatever it was called. Um, but it was outfits from the um, the squad from the first game that you collect all of the intel for. It's still probably my favorite story um, from the whole game almost. Uh, and I, I just, uh, it, it was just weird because the outfits that we got uh, in that event aren't the outfits that the characters were wearing that from the first game. So I don't really know how that works, but, uh, you know, I guess we just, uh, we just smile and carry on. 
Um, the last thing I saw was an idea that I remember talking about this, I think before division two even came out was that someone suggested that, um, that there be some type of event, whether it's monthly or random or whatever, where, um, essentially the white house could come under siege from one of the factions in the world. Um, and what's interesting is that, uh, in theory, there's already a siege mechanic in the game where, um, the settlements, uh, the theater or the campus can come under siege. Um, I remember when they talked about that feature before the game came out, I remember being like, Oh damn, like, cool. We're going to be able to like, like these little settlements are going to come under siege. We'll have to go help save them. It's going to be this crazy battle. Uh, and then unfortunately, if you've ever done any of those siege things, which I wonder how many people even have, uh, it's basically just a roadblock near the settlement that I think is in the same spot every time. And they just drop some black tusk enemies and you kill them. And then the, the settlement is now free. <laughs> so unfortunately it, that ended up not really being a very interesting mechanic. Um, but I guess that's fine. The, uh, but I really think some type of event where, uh, either you would be locked out of some features or there'd be some type of encouragement to go back to the white house and like save the white house from a siege from, uh, I mean, it, it could be the hyenas or the true sons or whatever. Um, I don't know. Wouldn't anything kind of be cool at this point? I, I, <laughs> I feel like, um, I I'm excited about stuff that's coming, but there's just so many little opportunities for stuff. I feel like never really got fleshed out. And I kind of wonder if it ever will. I definitely think that, uh, for instance, the, the castle settlement, um, I made a post on Twitter last week saying like, surely we, at some point there were plans for us to rejuvenate that to like an actual settlement, right? Like, like why design that whole area to essentially just have like a cut scene in the basement that you can't get to anymore and then that's it like i just don't because it's blocked off for the whole first part of the game and then there's a story development and then they you know everyone's dead or that that settlement's been bombed out you know i thought for sure um, that there was going to be some type of storyline where we were going to have to do a bunch of stuff uh to collect supplies to clean up the castle to rebuild it and stuff and if you read the book the novel um for division two, uh, it actually spoilers. Um, it culminates in the end, them going to the castle, uh, April Keller, um, and the agents that are featured in that book. Um, she's there. So in theory, as of the time of the story of this game, April Keller's in DC, she's there somewhere. Um, they, they they've been so weird with, you know, she's always, she's like a central character to the story, but she's had almost nothing to do with the actual game. It's kind of interesting. I've always found it at least a little bit interesting. I think in actual division two, there's an echo that features her, um, above one of it's, uh, in like an overlook over one of the safe houses. And that's been like it. So again, just another thing that I think has been kind of division's kind of like a tree right and and the story is the trunk and and it goes and it goes and then it just kind of splinters off into a thousand 
different directions that don't ever end. And there's just, a, there's just almost no, there's almost no, uh, um, finish to anything in the story or the game, uh, which I mean, leads, a, a, leaves a lot of things available to touch on and future content, but it's also kind of unsatisfying when almost nothing has like a nice buttoned up end when it comes to the, the story and lore in this game. So, um, listener questions is actually kind of on that topic. Um, quirky shirts on Twitter, uh, essentially said like, I don't know what the story of division two is. So here's the thing. <laughs> I basically told him I would do like a story recap. And then I read through some stuff and I looked at, I read some story recaps of division two. So there kind of isn't really anything to summarize because <laughs> there's a lot of story. Uh, division two has a lot of lore that there's a lot of, um, like I just said, there, there's a lot of things happening in the game at any given time. Um, but there's almost no payoff there, there, there's, you know, I guess with warlords of New York, Keener dying is a payoff spoilers, I guess. I don't know if you're listening to this, surely, you know, <laughs> that, you know, how warlords of New York went. Um, cause I was looking at, I'll pull it up over here. So. So basically the story of division two, uh, and I'll, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, if you want, I don't care. Um, is that division two takes place seven months after the initial outbreak of the virus, which I believe I remember them saying that that means that it takes place about five or six months after the events of the first game. Cause the first game, um, starts, I want to say it's a few weeks after the virus happened, uh, or, or a few weeks after everything like went to shit, the virus was going on for a little while before, um, the shade agents were activated. Uh, so, uh, there was in the first game, uh, there was a release in 1.8, uh, where they opened up the West side piers, which was this part of New York city, um, on the Northwest part of the map where you could go there and people found out there was like a secret achievement. And when people figured it out, what it culminated with was you getting into a room that was uh, broadcasting a message uh, that was a shade alert, um, asking all of the agents that were still active to report to their like home base. Uh, which in the case of the agents in New York is Washington, DC. Uh, and the, the recording says something along the lines of all of the major cities have fallen in the world, basically. And all of the major governments, um, have had, you know, major meltdowns. Um, though I do think it would be interesting if they ever explored that if there were any governments that like survived or, or like locked up their borders and stayed, um, to stayed somewhat functional, but you know, we'll see. So, so what division two does is it puts you in the, uh, in, in the role of an agent that starts off in kind of a nondescript location somewhere in the Northeast. It's like a harbor town. So I assume it's in like new England or something like that. And, uh, basically you get called back to DC and the end of that little cutscene is actually foreshadowing the black tusk where um you're on a you're on a dock watching these big hovercraft come towards the city uh and the agent who's there with you tells you to go to dc and that they'll stay behind and and fight 
whatever this force is that's coming. Um, so you get to DC, you find out that basically everything's hit the shit. Um, the shade network is down. Um, there's the hyenas, outcasts and true sun factions have taken over various parts of the city. Um, and long story short, the whole idea is that you need to knock down those factions, kill their leadership and get the city back in the hands of shade, which you do. Um, you find out a few things through the game. Um, things like the hyenas are being aided by an outside force. Um, and that they've, you know, in a mission that makes it look like they've captured, uh, the president, uh, who is actually secretary of state or whatever, um, or the speaker of the house or something like that. Um, cause the president and the vice president both quote unquote died. Uh, they got murked <laughs> if I remember correctly. Um, and the hyenas actually were being helped by an outside force to basically stir the shit in DC while this outside force prepared to take over. Um, the outcasts kind of just get painted as almost, you almost feel bad for them because they're made up of a group of people who were kept on Roosevelt Island in quarantine and then abandoned by the leadership of what eventually became the true sons, which is a former uh, military militia, basically um, the one bit about the true sons that we find, but never gets expanded on again, another one of these tree branches is during the viewpoint museum, um, mission, uh, towards the end of the mission, the leader of the true sons in that mission, you see him in like a sound room talking to the leader of one of the two unconfirmed factions, uh, the underground and the ambushers, um, you see the leader of the true sons or the, the, the sergeant or whatever, uh, he's talking to a ambusher, uh, like member in the room and they turn and they see the agents and they run. So there's some cooperation between those two groups and whether they're related or not, they've just never expanded on it. I have no idea. Like it's just, this is part of the frustration is that, they, that was an obvious like wink wink at something that they were obviously winking and saying, Hey, the true sons and the ambushers are like working together or they're maybe part of the same group. Like there's something happening there. Um, the same thing happens actually with the underground faction, which you may know better as the faction with the dude with the chainsaw that's in the sewers. Um, they are always at the beginning of the bunker mission. So there's some idea that maybe the underground and the outcast are related in some capacity, but again, we never have any clue. <laughs> uh, the outcasts, um, or the underground faction we end up seeing during a side mission where you get the world war two outfit. Um, that's the only mission they're actually featured in besides the bunker. So, so long story short, you take out those factions, you get the shade network going again, um, you find the, the president who's definitely not an evil bad guy. Uh, you get the white house built back up to be a big shade agent base. You help out JTF, you get them going again. Um, all along you've been helped by Kelso. Who's another agent who's still in the city. Uh, you, uh, you save the two settlements, the, uh, the theater, which is run by a former shade agent and the campus, which is on a college campus. And it's run by a dude who lived there whatever. Um, you've also unlocked the stories of the three DZs, which all have different reasons for existing. And you know, 
those stories are fine, I guess, even though it doesn't make any sense that they created three of the exact same thing for three different reasons, but I digress. Um, and what happens when you take care of all the factions, you beat them down, you get the president, you do everything. Well, then the game ends quote unquote, and you, uh, get attacked by this outside force that was helping the hyenas called black tusk which you find to be a private um a pmc group a private military company and uh even at this point you know that all this time later we still don't know who the black tusk is being run by uh, but what we do find out is that the president is working uh for them or with them uh and that's why the hyenas captured him or took care of him uh and he bounces he takes off and goes with the black tusk uh this leads to missions at camp david or they call it something different in the game i kind of actually forget what uh what they call it in the game now but um and and that's kind of the story of the base division two. And then your goal is to just wipe out the Black Tusk and take out their base down in Tidal Basin and retrieve some antivirals, which leads to the Warlords of New York story, where in Coney Island you recover Chernenko from the first game um, to try to run this bioreactor you collect from the Pentagon, which was another couple set of missions. Um, even though that story's not gone anywhere either, Chernenko's nowhere to be found in the White House, so. I don't know what that's going on with that. And, uh, and then finally with warlords of New York, we went back to New York, New York and faced off with Keener, um, after taking out some of his underlings all around lower Manhattan. Um, and at this point, the story has gone to, I think where we are now is, uh, black tusk is still pretty much alive and well, it seems like they're still well-funded. We only took out a relatively small part of their operation, uh, around DC and New York. Um, Fei Lao has turned coat and gone to the Black Tusk. Um, as Keener died, he activated a rogue network um, who is now like a new faction, I guess. So we have Black Tusk. We have all of the other factions kind of beaten down. Um, but we have Black Tusk and we have this rogue faction now that we're hunting in the manhunt uh, part of the seasons. And it kind of seems like there's spoilers out there. So if you really want to know what's going to happen in season three and four, you can read about it and spoil it for yourself. I did it. I'm actually kind of glad I did because it ensures me that we're at least kind of going somewhere story-wise, some pretty cool places as well. And then behind all of this, there's these hunters that we discovered in division one that we really, uh, people have thrown out lots of theories that they've essentially just made up um, because no one really knows what uh, anything about them. <laughs> but um, we, we have them kind of in the background as being some type of force associated with somebody who is um, attacking agents specifically. And lots of us have had lots of theories about them. Uh, unfortunately in division two, they were featured in a side mission towards the beginning of the game, which was super cool because I thought for sure that meant that they were going to be featured heavily in the story. And, um, and other than that, now you just have to do puzzles and they might not despawn on you when you fight them. So, or they might not one shot you like has happened to me multiple times now. So, so there, there's the story recap. I really thought when I initially told, um, 
the quirky shirts that I would do this recap. I thought I was going to be like, bro, there's totally a, a very good story behind this game that I can summarize for you. Look how amazing it is. And then once I got to looking into it, I was like, oh boy, this is kind of a mess. And it's just literally everywhere. So thanks for the question though. Uh, so for some content updates, um, I will be streaming division two next week uh when the final rogue comes out because that also means that we will be able to fight hornet um in a special mission somewhere i promise there's not leaks that tell you exactly where it's going to be i will say that the leaks don't tell you what um if you remember the roosevelt island mission uh to fight the last manhunt target um was changed pretty significantly it was actually i really liked it i thought it was pretty cool um Hornet will have the same thing somewhere. I'll let you look up the spoilers if you want. Um, I'm actually pretty genuinely excited for that. I think that's going to be cool. Um, I don't really understand why they made Hornet like a completely different person from the first game. Um, I assume the voice actor they couldn't get again. So the person they could get, they just kind of molded the Hornet to become kind of more like them, which is fine. Um, but the fact that Hornet's even back, even though we killed him a thousand times, is just... Just realize that because Hornet is back, that means, in theory, no one who has ever died in Division 2 is really gone. Just keep that in mind. That's all I'm going to say. And yeah, we'll do that. Um, I don't really have any other big content plans. Um, Bay Diesel is going back to her teaching job this coming week, which I'm horrified about. If you want me to be totally honest, it sounds like a horrible idea. Um, I, she teaches at a really small school, and they do seem to be taking pretty good precautions. So... If that's comforting at all, I guess I feel a hair better about that, but we'll see. Uh, so that means that the next week is going to be kind of crazy, but that also means that we may actually be returning to some type of routine, which may mean I can start streaming a little bit more as things kind of get buttoned down. Um, the last six, seven months or 20 years, I don't really know what it's been. I've been kind of wild. So I, um, yeah. So be patient with me, but I think I might actually be able to start taking this stuff a little bit more seriously again. Um, and we'll just have to see. So uh, that's where I'm going to wrap up this episode. Uh, I am Bondiesel on Twitch, where I try to stream a couple times a week. Uh, please check out my Twitter, at Bondiesel, or if you don't want my personal opinions on stupid things, uh, you can check out the at the EchoCast uh, Twitter account as well if you just want Division stuff. Um, if you want some cool EchoCast or Bondiesel merch, check out designbyhumans.com slash shop slash Bondiesel, or just search for Bondiesel on their website. Uh, there's actually some kind of cool stuff on there. And uh, that's all I have. So until next time. I'm <laughs> sorry.